0: veronica has her sword tom has his laser and i have my mind and a mind needs books
1: and this podcast as a sword needs a whetstone if it's to keep its edge go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support and sharpen your mind
0: Welcome to The Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont.
1: And I'm Tom Merritt.
0: Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
1: And sometimes there's a twist. What a twist? Yeah. This week, I'm the one drunk and Veronica's sober.
0: (laughs) Wait, why is that? What are you saying? Why is that a twist? (laughs) Are you saying... Because
1: usually it's... Not, I'm never well, drunk, I mean, I'm not saying Tom. that you're always drunk, but
0: Are you drunk?
1: I'm, I'm a little drunk. Didn't little you say drunk. you
0: had one cider?
1: I had a cider and then two glasses of wine.
0: Oh, dang. Okay.
1: I left those parts <laughs> out.
0: All right. Well, I am still drinking nothing because of my ongoing GERD issues. I'm also oh. on week three of no coffee. Oh. Yeah, it's been a thing,
1: but it's okay. You know, it's working I'm, out. I want to feel bad that I can have those things and you can't. I feel bad for you.
0: I'm finding the right things that work. So like last night I had a glass of white wine, which I mm. don't love. It's not mm-hmm. my favorite, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to do the thing doesn't do the, the same the way.
1: What are you going to do about coffee though?
0: Yeah. I, that's I, a hard, that's a hard I'm going to get to the full six weeks and then I'm going to see like, can I drink green tea? Does that do anything bad?
1: Are you documenting all this
0: um, in my brain?
1: No, you really need to be writing this down because okay. you have a hit ebook coming. <laughs> if you document this, you realize, right? No. Yeah. Oh my gerd by, oh, no. er, <laughs> er, <my gird. laughs> by Veronica Belmont.
0: Oh my gerd. Err my gerd by Veronica Belmont. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm drinking a Summerland Pinot Noir that from an l- Outlander glass.
0: Oh, I like that Outlander glass. Yeah, these are nice. That's a good one. Yeah, those I'll, are fancy. I will
1: um, serve you a white wine from one when you visit next
0: time. Yeah, when we're, we're both going to Patreon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
0: That'll be fun. If any of you are there, come say hi. We're going to be hanging out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump right into the Quick Burns.
1: So uh, the first one comes from William, who points out that the Folio Society has released a nigh-on-perfect cover, in William's words, for Sword and Laser Red book, The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. And he link to the Verge article about it? And I have to say, it is a not only beautiful cover, but a beautifully illustrated version of this book as well.
0: Yeah. So there's there's more than just the cover art. There's some art inside the book um, ongoing throughout the story. And it's really it's stunning. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out this link to the Verge article where they they interview uh, the the artist. And yeah, that's a, that seems like a really great collector's edition type of thing. If you're a fan of the book or a fan of Le Guin's, like, definitely pick this one up because I think it'll be a nice one to have on, on your bookshelf for years to come.
1: Yeah. Uh, So uh, check that out. And uh, props to artist David Lupton for the good work.
0: Terp Kristen says Jonathan Colton and Greg Pack wrote a book back in the day called The Princess Who Saved Herself, based on the Joko song of the same name. They now have a Kickstarter for a sequel, The Princess Who Saved Her Friends.
1: Because, and it's a song, folks. So I think it's okay to spoil the end of a song. But at the end of the song, the witch and the little girl become friends. Ah. Or do they? Apparently, that friendship was not as strong as it may have seemed at the end of that song, or at the end of that book. Uh, and so now the princess has to save her friends.
0: Oh, I see. It's so a little, little, little uh, witch backstabbing mm-hmm. going on. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, not was, all witches, I was going to make still. a joke of like you can't, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your. Never mind. Which anyway, is... uh, it has already funded. By the way, it's it's got a of course. It did fifty eight. I figured it would not <laughs> like finish on the on the first day. Uh, within they've got twenty days to go, um, and they've already reached their goal. But backing projects still means you get cool stuff. So definitely yeah. check out the Kickstarter page and, and one of the some str- neat things there.
1: One of the stretch goals now that they've hit the the funding level is if they hit sixty thousand, then everyone who backs at twelve dollars and above will get a digital bonus music and books. <gasps> Uh so they're adding some perks along the way too. Very cool. Yeah. Uh Nokomis.fl points out that Dennis E. Taylor Ooh. has signed an option deal for the Bobiverse. Uh, also he's finishing a book called The Search for Bender in Ooh. the Bobiverse. Uh-huh.
0: I'm really excited. Yeah. I I crave more Bobiverse. The Bobiverse is
1: it's uh, I'll be honest. I have not finished reading the entire series What? because it is, it is my fun place that I don't want to go away. mm -hmm. So knowing there's more books out there will help me like use it more often, but especially because I moved recently and moving is always stressful. The thing I would do at the end of the night when I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do anything I have to do. I'm going to read the Baba verse. Uh, uh, and, and so I, I've, I've been making my way through it and it's just, it's just always a fun place to visit. So I, I, I love the idea and I know options don't necessarily mean actual productions, but I hope it does.
0: Me too. I will be very excited and I'm happy for him anyway. It's, it's great to see oh, continued yeah. No, success. That's great. Yeah. I have been reading a lot of extra books. I finished two books in the month since we read slan. Um, I read city of brass and I read, um, by S.A. Chakraborty. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I'm saying her name right, and it's also Mm -hmm. from memory. I'm not looking at the book right now. I think you got it. And then I also read Magic Triumphs, the last book in the Kate Daniels series by Ilona Andrews. Wow that was 10 books and now the series is over and I'm very sad. It was very similar to that. That was like, every yeah. I would pre-order all those books and they would just show up in my Kindle, like one after the other. I'd be like, yes. And then I would read it in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're done.
1: So I, I pre-ordered my Cole's book in the armored saint series and, uh, was really excited when it showed up in my Kindle right in the middle of my move, mm. uh, so I haven't made as much progress in it as I would like uh but I'm I'm really excited about that. So I've started reading that as well and I finished the Gail Carriger book from our March Madness. Oh nice. Alt, alt Pick finally. And it was fabulous as as I knew it would be. Um I'm also reading the uh From a Certain Point of View anthology of uh, Star Wars short stories. Uh, which I'm kind of doing for Let's Talk About Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I both the books I read were great. So definitely City of Brass was awesome. I really loved it. So I
1: feel bad because I met the editor of City of Brass at oh. a an event here in LA and she gave me a copy of it, which I have and intend to read. And you have read it before me. You have you have one upped me on this. Well, I and also so-
0: was sent one as well. So it's yeah, not no, like she
1: said she would send you one too, oh. but she like personally handed me mine.
0: Well, I feel like I should email her then. You should send me her contact info if you have it. So I can be like, at least one of us loved it. (laughs) Made the time. No, it was great. Oh, man. All right. And then Terp Kristen says, again, again, Terp. Really, like, bring in, bring in the quick done. burns this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. The Rift War saga has been optioned for TV. As we all know, this doesn't necessarily mean much, but it's a step. I love how we all are like, yeah, just yeah. so you know, don't get too excited. <laughs> We've uh, figured she, it out. We yeah. know how this works. She says, I love these books, at least the ones I've read, and I have to get back to that world soon. This Raymond is uh, e. Raymond Feist. E. Feist. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and definitely one that, I I hate to be like this, and I apologize, but there are the Stephen Donaldson's, the Raymond E. Feist's of the world that we just haven't got to yet Mm -hmm. on picks. Mm. And sometimes the fact that they get optioned or stuff kind of puts it to the top of my mind again. So, you know, maybe uh, this will be a future pick or at least on a vote for a future pick. Ray Bradbury, for instance. Ray Bradbury, we've never read as a pick, which seems like a crime, but every time (laughs) I put him up for a vote, Nobody he loses does nobody to picks? somebody else. I mean, people vote for him. It's not like nobody votes what for him. What if we
0: do? What if we do a vote? A, a vote of all books that have been <laughs> added to votes before and have but never, never been picked.
1: Won, like the consolation. Bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with what if we did a vote that was all Raymonds and it was Raymond Bradley and Raymond Feist.
0: Mm. Hmm. Is he is is. Ray Bradbury Raymond. I guess that's I, the only Ray.
1: I, I assume he is. I really don't know. Actually.
0: Reynold, <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Or just Ray. It could it be could like be not Ray. short for anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, Tor has discovered the power of wrist listicles. Uh, we got two of them. Shad uh, submitted tor.com, putting a list out of the 10 best completed sci-fi and fantasy series. Check it out if you are looking for something good to read where you don't have to wait for the end. So if you want to start a series that you know has finished, unlike many, Mm -hmm. uh, then then this this list is good for you. And Mark noted uh, Tor put out a greatest science fiction robots of all time as well.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so there's some of the, some of the obvious ones. Um, but one that I have heard rave things about and, of course, was a uh, Hugo winner is Murderbot by Martha Wells. Mm. That's at the top of this Best Robots list in science fiction. And uh, Robert from our book club, um, our local book club, said he just finished it and absolutely loved it. So I think All that's— All
1: systems read.
0: Yeah, that's going to be on my list. Um I think I feel like there was, yeah, she, she definitely like name checked Murderbot, like in her acceptance speech, which I thought was great. So uh, that's on my list to, to get to as well.
1: So Martha Wells and Raymond E. Feist. Okay. All right. That's a Let's novella,
0: where... though. It's short. It's very short, I believe. So I don't know if it's pick.
1: That's true. Pickable. Oh, Atomic Robo made this list. I didn't notice that before when I looked through this. There's a lot, of, a lot of, of stuff, Atomic and now Robo. that I
0: finished Kate Daniels, I feel like I need a new series to get into that I haven't. I can just well dive now into. you can
1: go through the ten best series because there's some like Rune Lords. I've never read Rune Lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one on there. Uh, uh, Miss Born, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, obviously. Um, you know Ender's Game. You're gonna see a lot on here. Shadow and Claw. We've read. No, oh, so but good. the Gap Cycle by Stephen R. Donaldson.
0: Yep, and uh, the Black Company by Glenn mm-hmm. Cook.
1: Oh, what's this wheel of time? I don't think I've heard of that one.
0: (laughs) I tried so hard, you guys. I tried so hard. I don't think I'm ever going to live it down that I never could get past before the wheel of time. We will continually
1: suffer the slings and arrows.
0: Yeah, it's okay. It's fair. And then, uh finally, uh, my friend, my childhood one of my childhood best friends, um made a sci-fi graphic novel called Let go. It's a, a science fiction story about a family struggling to adapt to technological changes in the near future. and you can learn more about it at letgocomic.com. and it's it's about like what what happens when the robots actually do steal our jobs
1: yeah, uh, and it's going to make me a hypocrite because I have Told people on Goodreads like we don't do comics on this show unless, and I've always said this, unless they went to elementary school with Veronica.
0: <laughs> I have to. It's so cool. <laughs> I know you do. I, I know have you do. to. I have to give him a bump <laughs> for that. It's the
1: exception that proves the rule.
0: I had such a crush on on Teddy Cuffer back in the day. Did and, you really? Yeah, and he also writes for Mr. Robot now. I learned.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah so he, okay. he
0: saw my cos my my picture from Dragon Con a few years ago of my cosplay. Uh huh guy that I randomly yeah, met who yeah, looked yeah, yeah. exactly like him, um, like Mr. Robot. Anyway. Like Rami Malik. Yep, yeah, So much so. So anyway, cool. Great job, Ted.
1: Letgocomic.com. Uh, it does sound pretty cool, I have to admit.
0: All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we have a post. Uh, what, once in a while, we get uh, requests from the audience about things that are just on the very tip of their tongues or they can't quite pull from from the, the the grand warehouse of their mind uh, and today it's from Jenny and she says, I feel like I heard about this one uh, from a sword and laser author interview or maybe Quick burns or maybe Arg. I'm hoping one of our sword and laser historians will remember. There is an author, maybe Peter F. Hamilton, who writes his novels by dictating as he goes hiking. Can anyone remember this and point me in the direction of where it was mentioned?
1: Thanks. And true to the Goodreads power, if you're not part of the Goodreads forum, you really need to join because Kevin J. Anderson is the answer. And multiple people gave that answer to Jenny. And now she can rest easy, sleep through the night, knowing that the answer to her question is <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson. Now, people point out uh, that we have not interviewed Kevin J. Anderson. But... we. Ha- we have met Kevin J. Anderson. We've exchanged cards with Kevin J. Anderson. So I'm not sure what happened along that path that we didn't end up interviewing Kevin J. Anderson, but we should rectify that. He he definitely deserves a chance. Uh, we chat. really didn't interview him? No, I met him at Comic-Con. I gave him my card. I was like, and we even exchanged emails with him. And well, if it's it, you not know, it's just on the wiki,
0: those, it can't be true.
1: It's It's one of those things where it just kind of like never like... Email thread fell apart. Mm -hmm. You know, these Mm -hmm. things happen. Mm -hmm. No one's to blame. Um, But yeah, we should we should figure that out again.
0: Well, Trike goes on to say that the only author I can recall talking about using dictation in a Sword and Laser podcast is David Weber. He went into some detail Mm -hmm. about his process, especially in the early days of PCs, but he never mentions hiking. And then um, Joseph said, yeah, KJA. I know he's been interviewed and mentioned the hiking on Functional Nerds and or SF Signal. So, understandable how these things can get mixed up sometimes, but we should have Kevin on the show.
1: The important thing is Jenny got her answer.
0: That's right. The power of Goodreads compels you to join (laughs) and get your questions answered.
1: Now, Mark uh, posted a library extension for Chrome, was listening to the Awesome Reading Glasses episode 66. Uh, and learned about libraryextension.com which lets you, by the way, it's not just for Chrome. It's also for Firefox uh, coming, coming soon, soon. Anyway, for
0: Firefox, mm-hmm.
1: uh, lets you see what your local library has available when you're browsing Amazon or Goodreads. Uh, so you can be just looking at Goodreads, looking at books, looking at Amazon, looking at books, and it will look at your local library. You tell the extension what your local library is and tell you like, Oh yeah, this one's available. If you want to check it out.
0: I'm actually going to do that because, I finally, as I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, got my San Francisco library card.
1: <sighs> so I have my LA Public Library card. And because I've moved from one part of LA to another, it's still valid. But I used to live walking distance, like a block from a library extension. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where my nearest library is in my new neighborhood. I'm going to figure that out. But oh, it's, you've definitely got time. In, it's definitely not, it's definitely a drive. It's not in walking distance anymore, which is unfortunate.
0: I thought everything in L.A. is a drive. It's impressive that no, you have man. anything that's not a drive.
1: I walked to the grocery store yesterday and bought groceries and walked home. That's nice. Yeah. That in Los sense. Angeles, I did that. Actually, I actually walked to a restaurant, had dinner, then walked past the grocery store on my way back to the house.
0: Walking in L.A.
1: I've taken a train to things in Nobody walks in L.A. LA. <laughs> I love that song. That's an old song. It is All an right. Old, but a good song.
0: Well, we should uh talk about it is late in the month. I apologize uh for not getting around to book picks, but we'll get this to that after our book discussion of the month. Um but yeah, it's time to wrap up Slan. Well, no,
1: I guess we should I guess we should say
0: Oh yeah, we might have spoilers. For anybody who wants
1: to avoid spoilers, so so go ahead and lay it on them.
0: All right, you like I got to watch you move that in the document in real time. It <laughs> was fascinating. Um, so, Adapting on the fly. Yeah. As uh, as many of you know, it is October upon us uh, any mm. day now. This and is the
1: October pick, right? Yes,
0: this is going to be the October pick. So I wanted to do something a little spoopy, a little bit spoopy, spoopy, a little spoopy, not quite scary. Not quite spooky. Mm, spooky,
1: But a little poopy.
0: Mm, maybe. <laughs> it might actually be a little spooky. Scary. Spooky scary. Yeah. Um, we're going to be like reading. a
1: werewolf bar mitzvah, maybe?
0: Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky, spooky scary. scary. Boys becoming men. Men becoming, men becoming wolves. wolves. Um, no, it's not. It's not werewolf bar mitzvah. It's, no, a it's Lovecraft Country, a novel by Matt Ruff. I'll read you the description. Chicago, 1954
1: I like it already
0: when his father Montrose goes missing 22-year-old Army veteran Atticus Turner embarks on a road trip to New England to find him accompanied by his Uncle George publisher of The Safe Negro Travel Guide and his childhood friend Letitia On their journey to the manor of Mr. Braithwaite, heir to the estate that owned one of Atticus's ancestors, they encounter both mundane terrors of white America and malevolent spirits that seem straight out of the weird tales George devours. At the manor, Atticus discovers his father in chains. Ooh, maybe that's spoilery. That seems spoilery. I'm not going to read anymore.
1: I mean, it's book jacket cover.
0: It is book jacket cover.
1: But I guess they can be spoilery sometimes. So...
0: Anyway, there's some Cthulhu stuff the end.
1: Yeah.
0: It's Lovecraftian,
1: <laughs> it's slavery or, or Jim Crow mm-hmm. America, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, era of slavery. Uh and it's being developed into an HBO series.
0: Yep. And the Safe Negro Travel Guide is a real thing that existed in history and it's it's an important part of our history. Yeah, um yeah. so it's it's a mix of of historical fiction and also Lovecraftian horror.
1: So I uh, I don't want to be the downer guy, but I do want to say this doesn't mean that Sword and Laser is going to become Sword and Laser and Graveyard, uh, (laughs) that we're picking a horror film or horror film, a horror book. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what did lead you to want to pick this this month?
0: Some of our book club members liked it and said it was really good. And I like Cthulhu stuff. And it's Halloween.
1: And I feel like Lovecraft is in the tradition of fantasy Loosely, Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and we've read a Stephen King. We read the gunslinger. So it's not like because you're a horror author, you're off the list.
0: Yeah. And we get to miss out on all the the fun, problematic H.P. Lovecraft stuff by <laughs> right. reading a book based in the <laughs> oh. world, but not actually written by him.
1: And also uh, based on themes opposite of yeah. that problematic stuff.
0: There we go. So it all works out. So I think I believe it was also Robert who recommended this one to me um, from the local sword and laser book club. So thank you for that. Good All job, right. Robert. Should we talk about Slan?
1: Yes. Uh, do we let's have do. to talk
0: about Slan?
1: I guess we must. Okay. I don't have too much more to add, um, but let's hear from Ian who says, I just finished Slan and was quite frustrated by it. The serial style, astounding science fiction, is inescapable and limits the story. Not a single character is well-rounded and the motivations are barely even sketched out. Even though the story is pretty simple and sketchy, the political ideas are interesting, if infuriating. Published in 1940, before the U.S. belatedly joined the Second World War—belatedly is showing your politics, Uh, Ian—the future (laughs) is depicted as a dictatorship straight out of the Depression— the String seems to be in a generic post-war U.S. city with a very small population with Nazi ear palaces dotting the landscape. Vote then makes the Slans a persecuted minority who are fighting for their very survival appallingly. I'm still conflicted mm, if missed the, a sp-
0: You missed the spoiler. Well,
1: oh, right. Sorry. The Slans really are secretly running the world. Protocols of Zion, anyone? I'm still conflicted if the this is a positive or negative depiction of a minority. I think it's fairly positive, but... If it's not laudatory, uh, it 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 may be just trying to be objective. This anyway, is this
0: is Tom Tom words, yeah, Not, not to Ian words. Ian. Okay,
1: he says it doesn't help that there are virtually no sympathetic characters in the book, and most of them are dreadful. <laughs> the other problematic choice is the Randian nature of Jami. He seems to be a prototype of the self-sufficient genius who bootstraps himself to complete scientific mastery with no help. This is infuriatingly libertarian in outlook. Boy, politics are definitely showing now. Uh, Finally, the book seems to be pro-eugenics, pushing the misunderstanding that Darwinian evolution has a trajectory and is not a random process. An interesting look back at Golden Age sci-fi. I cannot help thinking it would have been a lot more fun to read one of his competitors' more rounded books like Galactic Patrol, which has telepathic geniuses, despotic villains, and eugenics, and is about 100 times better. Trike then says...
0: So that's a thumbs down from Ian, <laughs> from then. Ian
1: then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Travis says this is a useful take on the historical and political context implications of the novel. You picked up on many of the elements I missed. Eugenics, in particular, seems like an obvious focus of the novel's agenda. This is why I like reading old stuff like this mm-hmm. because. You would think, oh, eugenics, that's a Nazi thing, and only Nazis wrote about eugenics uh, unless they were philosophers uh, like Hegel, who influenced the Nazis, uh, if you even study that sort of thing at all. And the fact of the matter is eugenics was just kind of a popular concept. It was most popular among those people that I just mentioned – But it sort of informed the zeitgeist and the fact that it was written in 1940 before, not only before the U.S. joined the war, but before everybody really realized who Hitler was. Like there was uh, people forget that this was a period in time when folks didn't know Hitler was Hitler. Uh, They 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 thought Hitler maybe not. He couldn't be as bad as everybody says he is or as bad as he looks. Uh, So. There were a lot of ideas that we now discount because like, oh, that's what the Nazis in Germany believed that hadn't been discredited yet. And, well, yeah. And you can see the the shadow of those ideas in SLAN in a way I think is important because I don't think Van Vogt was a Nazi or believed in Nazis. And, and unlike Ian, I don't think he was trying to show minorities as being justfully persecuted. persecuted. I, I think he was trying to in his own way, with his limited understanding, not having lived through any of the persecution himself, try to say, well, this is what it seems like these minorities are experiencing.
0: Yeah. Yes. Very well said. Thank you. That was a good good tangent. Um, Actually, uh, Steve also mentioned that Alexander Graham Bell was a eugenicist Mm -hmm. and was actually trying to to, uh, breed deafness out of people Um,
1: it was an idea that was wrong and it's easy for us to say that now. Right. But they didn't know it was wrong yet until they, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work. You gotta show the math. You you, you gotta be rigorous. And, and so I don't want to ever, certainly not with AE Van Vogt, um, maybe not with Alexander Graham Bell. I I don't want to condemn someone for believing something that at the time we didn't really know what it meant yet.
0: I, I think we knew Nazis were bad.
1: We did know that. We did. I think we, we pretty did. much We're knew pretty, that.
0: Most of us, knew, I think From I wasn't the late there. 30s, I wasn't there.
1: I mean, maybe in the twenties, you Not didn't know, cause people. you didn't, you weren't quite sure what they stood for yet. Yeah. You know? So there is even a point where Nazis you are like, I don't know. What are they? Um, and, and, and that's the thing. And that's the important thing with history is you can't judge people from your privileged point of view of like, I know all about this now. And how dare you believe something? Because there, if you've lived long enough, is something in your past that you believed that now you are embarrassed that you ever believed it.
0: That's actually a conversation that happens in this thread as well about people who were like, I, there were, there were things that I learned when I was a kid that I never knew was wrong until yeah. I became an adult and realized that the things my parents or teachers were telling me was really awful.
1: It turns Once out. Once you get the perspective. Yeah. You don't grow hair on your hands. <laughs>
0: <It> turns out.
1: <laughs> Wait, well, you don't.
0: Um. Anyway, uh, another thing that I agreed with too was the, the, the jommie um, and I think that was part, partially highlighted by the fact that it was serialized. And so, are you eating your dinner? I am going to call that out. What are you eating? What if I you can't answer because you have food in your mouth? That's amazing. Is it good? Is it stew? Is it the beef stew?
1: It's meatballs.
0: It's meatballs. You had beef stew and meatballs? I
1: muted so that no one need know, I know that I was doing this. But
0: I love, but you hate it when I call it out when you do stuff like that. So I just had to do it. So you had to do so it. So I had to do it. Yeah, because it was really obvious to me. Anyway, yum, 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 yum. Um, yeah, the the serial nature of the book, I think, was was a little kind of distracting to me because there were such huge time jumps from chapter to chapter sometimes and such great differences in how the the characters were operating uh from one scene to another that i sometimes had trouble just kind of like following where they were in the story and what was going on in that in that time and just be going from earth to suddenly we were in mars and like the the coincidences between like what kathleen was her name kathleen mm. the girl
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so when like she happened to be in the in the city, and then Jami showed up, and they just happened to be in the same one. Even though there were like forty potential sland cities that they were like looking for to find other slans. and then suddenly, also the bad dude shows up at the same time. Like it just there were so many chances and so many things that went certain ways that just didn't feel like my suspension of disbelief didn't wasn't holding out.
1: I would argue that there are two things going on as a modern reader. Uh, that if you don't account for are going to bother everybody. Uh, one is we are conditioned to a certain type of story Mm -hmm. and that's true of any age. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not just us. Like any age is like, oh, the stories that are popular now are these kinds of stories because we're living in a dark time. So we want happy stories or we're living in a happy time. So we want dark stories or we're living in a dark time. So we want even darker stories. Like it, it changes all the time. So I think part of it is that where we're like, oh, people don't tell stories like that anymore. You know, and, and 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 that's that's not a real criticism of Van vote. That is a thing that bothers you, like legitimately bothers you, but it bothers you because of different reasons. Then there's the storytelling wasn't as sophisticated for science fiction yet. You could get away with being lazy, basically, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying, because, hey, man, I'm writing for astounding science fiction. They're not going to care. Uh, so I, I think there's some of that, too, which. These days you can't get away with, right? right. Science fiction has become a perfectly respectable uh, genre to write, but back then it was considered pulp. So they kind of let things slide a little more often than than they do now.
0: That's fair. Um and then John Talone had some great points as well. The thread name is just perfect. Do you know the way to Slan Trope?
1: It should be Slan Jose.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the
1: name of the song is Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been away so long I've lost my way is the next line.
0: (laughs) Nice. Um, So he he talks about a couple of tropes, uh, some good, some bad, some perhaps forgivable, as he says, given the time in which it was written. Which ones work or don't work for you? My list is below, he says. Purposeful evolution. Evolution is a random walk with mutation and natural selection. It does not have a purpose, except it can feel like it does to humans. Intelligence has been such a benefit to our survival that we selected for it and prospered because of that. Intelligence has grown from the glimmers of sentience and Cro-Magnons to modern humans. It's been a slow rise that seems purposeful. There's also punctuated equilibrium there is now some evidence that species change quickly once a beneficial mutation occurs. That is, a random mutation provides a benefit and therefore members of that species with it survive better. It's almost instantaneous in geologic time. In SLAN, the mutation seems purposeful, with the SLAN mutation occurring in multiple births, but the idea is similar. Okay, that's interesting. I I did like the twist in the book where we thought it was created by a machine, by an experiment, Mm. and then we later come to find that it was actually natural... Like evolution essentially it was, of it humankind was random. yeah, it was a yeah. random
1: mutation yeah and 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 it's a it's a great point that John makes, which is. Evolution doesn't, it's often characterized, and I think this is why some people fight against the idea of evolution, which is evolution wants to create a better thing. And it's like, no, that can't be. And the fact is, evolution is just a random process. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole point of understanding evolution is it's a random process that will make whatever works become the new thing.
0: The dominant thing, and yeah. It
1: doesn't care what works, which is why we have weird things like the appendix, because if it doesn't like a stop good things from working, then it can randomly stick around mm-hmm. because, you know, as long as you live long enough to reproduce, if the appendix bursts later and you die, well, evolution doesn't care anymore.
0: Or like my extra tail knob. What? What? Um, <laughs> then he also says, uh, Slans are fans. SFF fandom felt a lot like the slans in the book, a people yeah. apart. This is something I learned. This was a little bit after my time before my time. So I didn't know that science fiction fans used to call themselves slans. That was a thing. Except apparently. that I said it in the kickoff. You did. Oh, then I meeting. did. I definitely listened to that. Um, he says, <laughs> "Now, see, I, I'm glad you came back from mute to tell me that part with your mouth full. That was good. He had to like, you're could, welcome. You're really welcome. Um, now there's, you know, now it's not really a weird thing to be a science fiction or fantasy fan anymore, at least not really. So you don't have to be that way. Then he said, freaky name, Jommy, really, as a nickname for John. Well, freaky names are still big in science fiction and fantasy. I can live with it. But Jommy I had to suppress a giggle regularly. Me too. What's,
1: I mean, me too. What's John. weird about Jommy. There are weirder names in science fiction and fantasy. Like, why does that bother you?
0: Because no one else had a weird name, really.
1: Mm, okay. And then all it's just like, then we just point. got
0: Jami. Like, it have, you, have like you met Kath- a Jami?
1: Kathleen.
0: Kathleen. Oh my God. If it was Kathleen, <laughs> if this whole world replaced all their ends with M's, Veronica.
1: <laughs> Veronica. Ver- 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 Veromica. And <laughs> Ton. Yeah. It goes the other way, too. Yeah. I'm assuming.
0: And then um, all the women love the main character. Blah, blah, blah. First there's Kathleen Layton, who falls in love with Jami on first meeting. Then there's the memories dim on the name, but the tendrilous land who tries to take Mm. Jami prisoner, then helps him on Mars. She's so attracted to him that she brings up the idea of being one of the multiple partners that Jami will have because he's just so cool. It's just hurltastic.
1: Yeah, it's a a little bit. (laughs) what's What's the male name of Mary Sue? um Manny foo <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is.
0: There is one. There is one. I can't remember. Yeah, right I know there's either. a real
1: one. Yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, excellent points all. Um yeah, overall, I can't say that I really enjoyed this book. I found it interesting, but it wasn't it wasn't my yeah. favorite.
1: No, I'll agree with you there. It it had its moments. I really like the concepts in the book and I think that's why it deserves a retro Hugo uh because in its time in 1940, uh the concepts that it was making were groundbreaking and are still relevant uh the story itself doesn't hold up so well and becomes more of a more of a historical investigation than mm-hmm. than a than a timeless story so but good pick go. though good pick yeah. yeah yeah interesting pick fun fun to fun to investigate indeed
0: well, if you disagree with us, let us know by sending us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. <laughs> I was
1: going to say, if you disagree with us, just keep it to yourself.
0: Just keep it to yourself. No, I don't care. No, I do care. I like, I like to hear dissenting perspectives. Yeah,
1: respectful dissenting, but absolutely.
0: And of course, our show is entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you so much to the folks who back our show. If you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash laser.
1: You can also support the show by buying books. You're gonna buy them anyway. Why not do it through our links at swordandlaser.com/picks? It's like the Sword and Laser bookstore. We have added to it every week as we do the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check it out and see not only the the picks of the month, which are always there, but anything we mention in the show going back now literally years. You can you can just browse through the shelves forever at swordandlaser.com/picks.
0: Yep. And as I said, that email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6 or send us a tweet at swordandlaser. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Swallow your food.